when you first read uh, Frankenstein's Monster, mm -hmm. what was your experience of it? Because I know, not that I should talk about myself first. No. When I read it, I had this idea of some kind of a sort of gothic uh, horror fiction story. Mm. And I was just struck by the, the, the sentimentality and the pathos of it. Yes. Yeah, you were expecting something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just realized when I read it, I realized that, oh, this is the kind of book that you can't lie about having read. You know, some books right. you can lie. <laughs> you yeah. can say like, oh, Count of Monte Cristo, yes, about this and this. And then you, you've read the whole summary, so it's fine. But you can't lie about having read Frankenstein yeah, yeah. because everyone gets it wrong. Yeah. Everyone yeah. thinks the monster is Frankenstein. The monster is just a nameless monster. Yeah, yeah, because the, the, it's, uh, it's so sentimental, that whole sorrow of, of the monster. Mm. It has nothing to do with the, those, uh, any of those movies you've seen where it's just uh, this, well, literal monster that is only evil out to kill people. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think that was what struck me the most, that sort of the heartache, the pain of the monster. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and uh, that it's so, it's so ugly. And, you know, this book is very, you, can, you could say that it's very superficial because most of the reason why the monster is treated the way he's treated is because of the way he looks. Mm. And mm. so writing down that in such a uh, poetic way, how someone, the way someone looks can be a catalyst for just a catastrophic life. Mm. That is the catalyst for everything that happens in that person's life. That, that's so tragic. Yeah. And so, um, just that's the way it is. Mm. Can't do anything about it. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, then you have that, that uh, famous scene where he confronts Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Then talking about his loneliness. And that everybody shuns him because he's uh, so different. I mean, it's mm -hmm. kind of like, uh, uh, I mean, th that's, um, uh, not to drift into that, but that's a movie I saw when I was like 12, I think, The Elephant Man. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, you know, and he has this, uh, he, he, this is a real story from early 19th century. And he was, uh, his mother was stepped on by okay. an elephant. She was working in a circus, I think. And so he's completely deformed and has oh. this humongous head. He can't lie down because then he'll, his head will fill with, with fluid or whatever. Or, okay. Yeah, anyway. And then there's, there's this amazing scene where he's, he, is, he is going through a railway station and some boys see, okay, here's some guy looking like a strange stranger. Mm. And they take off his paper hat, paper bag actually that he's wearing. And people are just like, what the hell is going on here? And they follow him. Everybody sort of, more and more people follow him. And they end up in the toilet there, the, the men's toilet. And he's sitting there and says, I am not an animal. I am a human being. Mm. <laughs> I still remember that. And it's such an easy sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's, uh, that's what, ha what happens with uh, Frankenstein's monster. Mm. That. Uh, that um, this thing about being completely different from the from the society around yeah, you. Yeah, alienated. By, yeah. yeah, and yeah, that's a that's another uh, connection. Mm. You know, I'm trying to sort of get everything into sort of uh, the grand mythical narrative. Yeah, 
<laughs> so here's my my uh, uh, cherry picking. Yeah. Um, I learned something now just recently from Campbell, mm-hmm. and he talks about um, you know you had this <laughs> you had the the belief in that, that the world should end, like in the year thousand, a lot of people gave their property to the church, mm-hmm. and then it didn't end, and there were a lot of lawsuits to get their property back after. Yeah. <laughs> But then he's talking about how that's not the point. The point is that when you see, as he says, when you see the kingdom of the Father spread upon the earth, that it's actual, not something after life, but something that you can attain now through your mental state, mm. then the world dies for you. It perishes for you. Mm. And I think that's also some... Not for everyone, but for you. For you, yeah. yeah. Or you die from it. Mm. And I think... The whole idea of myth is that you have this grand sort of exaggerated, quote-unquote, symbols or figures. Mm. And I think Frankenstein's monster can fit into that iconology. It's a very exaggerated symbol. Yeah, yeah. It's an icon sort of yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. icon in literature. Yeah, mm. because he has that. I mean, he's, he's well-read. He reads Plutarch and Goethe and mm-hmm. <laughs> all these things. And, uh, and he has this great love. He wants to be a part of society, but it, it society rejects him. Mm. Um, Based and, on something superficial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But have you thought about... Uh, yeah, because th- there's several things you can, you can go into there. I mean... There's so much symbolism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the w- uh, thing I know is uh, looking at it again now. The fact, for example, as you mentioned, that it, uh, the monster doesn't have a name. Mm. Yeah, I think I think uh, Shelley uh, did that on purpose. Yeah. I think because if some if something or someone is nameless, uh, it makes it more uh, convenient, more possible for the reader to uh, interpret it or to think that oh, yeah. it's not a physical entity at all. Maybe, mm-hmm. perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps it's all in the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you give that monster a name, then it's a story where it's a monster and it's a person. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's nameless, so it can be anything. It can be yeah. thoughts, or yeah. it's easier to interpret. Yeah. And you have yeah. also have this, uh, it's quite near also to talk about uh, Jungian shadow projection. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, I mean, the monster is literally, literally a product a- of his own mind. Yes. Yeah, 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 it's a pro- yeah, yeah, that's true. And I was thinking about um, my my interpretation of him creating the monster uh, was based on what I knew from Mary Shelley before, because okay. I read actually I read about her life, her entire life before reading Frankenstein. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so I was I was um, uh, picturing that all the time uh-huh. and thinking that this was a product from her life. So it's a way, very good way of doing it. Well, how how would that be? Like using uh, the lived experience? Just to say. Yes, I, I was like reading <laughs> my own. I, I felt like uh, uh, I have this thing where I can just dive into someone's biography so much. I feel like I'm them. Uh-huh. So I felt like I was reading my own work sort of because I had just read so much about Mary Shelley. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like this is what came out of it. So. Uh-huh. But what's the connection with the biography or her biography then? Well, um, the connection I found, which I don't think many people have found, was that the monster, no, uh, Frankenstein, who created the monster, he has many similarities to her husband, Percy, Uh um, which is a bit grotesque, but Uh her life was very grotesque. So 
uh, because around that time when she wrote that book, Percy was going through a lot of tragedy. So Percy had a wife when he met Mary Shelley, and he had a child, and that wife even had a child on the way. Uh, but he completely dismissed that life and kept on living with Mary Shelley. Um, and around the time when Mary Shelley was uh, writing Frankenstein, his wife killed her herself mm. with his child. Mm -hmm. Pregnant. Yes. Yeah. And so that was a result of him neglecting responsibility mm -hmm. to live a free, frivolous life. Uh, and in many ways, Frankenstein is the result, he creates the result of neglecting responsibility. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That is a, it's a physical manifestation of his mental destruction or, mm -hmm. or negligence of, of uh, the, because in that book, uh, book um, his fiance, uh, Christine, what's her name again? Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth yeah. yeah. Um, it's like he goes on off on, the, on this long trips or is, is uh, you know, it's like away from her really mm. for quite a long time, at, you know, long periods of time. And I think if you do that to a person you're together with, then you're making sort of a monster or you, you're, yeah. you're creating a distance, you're, you're destroying the, yes. to destroy the relationship. Yes, the, it's the, you create a monster by neglecting responsibility. Yeah. And what Victor Frankenstein did was that he, uh, he did that, he, he just locked himself up in his laboratorium and only focused on him and his invention. Yeah. And it was a very narcissistic yeah. experience. Like kind of a sort of Uncle Scrooge. Yes. Figure then. Yes, very yeah. much. Uh -huh. And then the demon came, you know, he created a monster from neglecting his family's love. Yeah. His father in the book was always talking about uh, that he should uh, nurture the family and come back yeah. to the family. And everyone wrote to him, can you please come back to the family? And he rejected it. He just wanted to create this uh, magic piece of art, you know. <laughs> um, and that's exactly what Percy experienced in his life. Uh -huh. He, um, he loved Mary Shelley and he loved uh, writing poems for her and it was all very narcissistic. And uh, he thought that he could only write poems if he was with her and all of this. And then he neglected his family. And well, then he created a monster because he went into a huge depression when his wife killed herself with yeah. his child, obviously. And yeah, that's the monster. Yeah, but it's a uh, double-edged sword because uh, Mary Shelley was the one who uh, got together with him, but she knew she was doing a bad, that he was ruining his life for her. Mm. Thank you for checking out this clip from the Cave of Apelles. If you want to see the entire segment, become a $5 patron at patreon.com slash and access all our Dark Flame videos, masterclasses, and bonus material with our guests.